What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 304 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. I'm your host, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, gossip, news, and anything else that's happened in the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. How's everybody doing today? Make sure you leave your comments below and tell us what you think about these five topics. Yeah. Very, very slow news week. We did everything No Mercy related with No Mercy. So this is one of those scenarios where everything's just sort of pre-No Mercy, post-No Mercy. The fallout of that is stuff that we are covering on other capacities. And nothing really else has been happening. So it's going to be a pretty short edition. And let's just go ahead and get along with it. Uh, First things first... Maria Canellis is pregnant. She's apparently 13 weeks pregnant, so we won't be seeing her. Uh, she and Mike Canellis have been pushed aside for a while now, and we know that at least with Mike Canellis, he was going for at least a little bit when it came to his uh, painkiller addiction, but Maria obviously has no purpose being out there other than to be there with Mike Canellis, and he did pop up. Once or twice, so it's not like he's completely out of the game or anything like that, but with Maria not being able to really do the whole traveling kind of thing, you got to assume that Mike Canellis is probably going to take time off as well, and the first thing I thought of when it came to this was, Jesus, do these two have to copy Maurice and Miz in every way? Because Maria and Mike have been basically doing something similar to what Miz and Maurice had been doing for a little while. And right after Maurice announces that she's pregnant, Maria announces that she's pregnant. So it's bad timing as far as Canellis when it comes to that he hasn't been on the roster long. This is going to cut a little bit into that. But you know what? He wasn't really doing all that well. And when you think about it, this might be actually the best timing for him. Because if Mike and Maria spend the next couple of months and they're not in you know, the realm of WWE and SmackDown and everything like that, maybe Mike Canellis will go down to NXT and it'll make it a little bit easier because he can just, you know, record a couple episodes and stuff. It'll give him a little bit of time to adjust a little bit better. The fans can get a little bit of time to adjust to him. And uh, it won't hurt his career because Canellis on his own is not doing anything. And if he continues to be on SmackDown and just not be used all that much, he's going to flounder. So I think that in the end, this is going to be a good thing outside of the fact that, you know, it's a good thing that they are going to be having a kid. (laughs) But uh, as far as career wise, it's not going to help Maria in any capacity. It's going to make it harder for her. But Canellis himself, Mike Canellis, Mike Bennett, I think that he will benefit more in the long run for this. Uh, speaking about careers and being out on the shelf for a while, Jeff Hardy's injury has been confirmed. He has a torn rotator cuff, and he's going to be undergoing surgery at the beginning of October. And now, today, they have said that he's expected to be out of action until May of 2018. So that's after WrestleMania, which really sucks because the Hardy boys, I would have assumed, would have been featured at WrestleMania in some capacity either in, like, a tag team match for the Raw tag team titles, going in defending the belts, or going in challenging for them. Or maybe they could have had enough of a time to start building into that broken or woken, whatever they want to really call it, those kind of gimmicks and stuff. Now, what's interesting is if we know 
that Jeff Hardy's going to be out for that long, are they going to try to use Matt Hardy as a singles competitor? Or are they going to try to just brush him off to the side too? That'll be very interesting because this could be the motivator to start doing this Woken Matt Hardy thing. And if they do that, then how are they going to tie that back into Jeff Hardy when he's able to return? Is he going to return and just kind of be a part of the tag team again? Or is he going to return and they're going to not necessarily be a tag team anymore? Because we know that there's a possibility that they won't stick as the Hardy boys, that they could go off on their own. They did it before in WWE. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I would like to see them just go ahead and go with the Matt Hardy singles push. Jeff is not going to be able to just hang around. And that's a big enough injury that he is going to be out for many, many months. It's not like something like uh, Bailey's injury where she was going for about like a month and a half or something like that. This is going to be significantly longer. And if Jeff is going to be out, Matt can't really sustain himself just being one half of the Hardy Boys. He needs to be Matt Hardy. So I would like to see them go for that kind of a push. If they do, whether he's a heel or a babyface, I'm assuming babyface because the crowd loves it, that would be pretty interesting. And then he can be in the mid-card, and he can be feuding with, you know, Elias. He could be feuding with, well, he can't really be feuding with Finn Balor unless Finn Balor turns. But, you know, there's there's options for, you know, Jeff Hardy uh, being out of the mix. Maybe Matt Hardy and The Miz get into something. Maybe Matt Hardy moves over to SmackDown. If it ends up being the case, they could always move people around. There's nothing stopping them from doing it. So, yeah, I'd like to see that. I think that that could be the most interesting way to go about things. Uh, let's go with uh, Cody Rhodes here. Uh, he had two things he was in the news for this week. One of them, and the bigger story, is that he has signed an exclusive contract to Ring of Honor, where he is going to be there for at least a couple of years, according to some reports. And he seems to be happy about the case, so that's good for him. He also did a little bit of a uh, kind of an homage to what the DX WCW tank kind of thing was, where he and the Young Bucks and some other people, they sort of quote-unquote invaded Raw. They really didn't. It didn't make that much of a buzz, but it was still something. And it shows a little bit more of an allegiance to Ring of Honor. And he's trying to do his best to kind of get that uh, a little bit of buzz. So kudos to Cody Rhodes. I'm disappointed that he signed with Ring of Honor, but at the same time, the only reason I'm disappointed that he signed with Ring of Honor is because I'm disappointed he didn't just come back to WWE. If he was going to go elsewhere other than WWE, it really was down in my mind to New Japan or Ring of Honor. TNA or Global Force Wrestling or Impact Wrestling or whatever, it would have been horrible. And I don't want them to kind of have Cody Rhodes. Like I've, I've liked Cody Rhodes since he first came into WWE. So I want him to succeed. I just would rather him succeed in WWE. Because he's the type of guy that I still think that if they brought him back into WWE, he should go over to SmackDown and he should be a world title contender. And potentially win that world title. I would love to see that happen. So I'm hoping that this stint in Ring of Honor gives him all the stuff that he's looking for and that he's happy, but then at the end of this run, he comes back to WWE, and he wins a world title there, because that's that's really what I want to see happen here. Uh, two more stories to talk about. 
I always like to give you guys my thoughts on whatever the latest thing for special stuff on the WWE Network was for this week. And that was the second episode of WWE Storytime, which was It Wasn't Always Easy. And the past couple of times that we've been talking about Storytime, and actually the past couple of times we've been doing any kind of specials, I've been saying that you can really skip them. But even though this one is technically you can skip it because it's like it's not going to screw up your continuity of anything, this was actually my favorite episode that we've had in a long time. We had five stories. One of them was Luke Gallows talking about how he was crawling naked through a Tough Enough trial. One of them was Chris Jericho about the hard training in the heart dungeon. Uh, Randy Orton talked about the first time that he had tax with his match against McFoley. McFoley was talking about driving with DDP and how it was kind of hectic and chaotic because DDP would always like to watch his matches while he was driving. And Austin talked about losing his hair and how he got the name Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I thought these were actually pretty funny and overall pretty entertaining. So I'd recommend that you guys should check them out if you get a little bit of time because it's 20 minutes or so. So not a huge commitment. And I got a couple of chuckles out of me, kind of. So thumbs up when it comes to this episode. And, uh, oh, this is uh, an interesting one to end off on. But there is an ESPN 30 for 30 about Ric Flair that has been recorded and news out of some of the things they're recording on that. Ric Flair says that he estimates that he's slept with 10,000 women in his life. So my first impression is (laughs) that's bullshit because it's bullshit. Ric Flair loves to talk a big game and I'm sure Ric Flair has slept with many, 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 many women. But 10,000? Nah, it's not 10K. Come on. Flair, I could easily see Flair being in the couple hundreds, even. I could see him being, you know, well up there. I'll even go so far as to say Ric Flair has not slept with a thousand women. But if you would have told me Ric Flair slept with 200 women in his life, 300 women in his life, whatever. I can see that because if he goes to a different town every night and he meets meets some uh, random bimbo at a bar and sleeps with him, yeah, I can see that being the case. You know, he was flying around all over the place. He was in towns constantly on wrestling uh, tours and, you know, the potential of him sleeping with uh, two or three women at a time and stuff like that. If he's telling the truth about that, then that boosts up the numbers quite a bit with that. But 10,000 women? Nah, Ric Flair didn't sleep with 10,000 women. And I'm 100% positive, or at least as close to 100% positive as I could be without having actual documentation or physical proof or anything. But out of those not 10,000 women, Halle Berry's not one of them. (laughs) Tying back to that one. Uh, those are the hot tags for the week, everybody, though. Um, tell me what you thought about them. Leave your comments below. And if anything else happens throughout the week, then we will tie them into next week or we will talk about them on the mailbag because that is the next thing that you guys are going to be having the, on this channel. That'll be up on Friday at some point, either Friday afternoon or Friday night. Kind of depends on when we're recording it. But if you have any questions you want to submit to us, you only have a little bit of time to uh, send those in. So do that ASAP. And, uh... Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already. And when you do that, ring the bell and check off that you want to see notifications because then you will get notifications of when we post that video and all the other coming content up in the future. 
And uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. And keep checking SmartOutMoment.com for all the articles that are specifically on the website and anything else that happens there. But that's going to do me in for this edition of the Hot Tags. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I'm being counted out. Thank <laughs> you.